0: You're listening to Living Brave, a podcast where nothing's off the table. It's about leaning into discomfort and pioneering a new way of being. I'm Shoshana Raven. I created Living Brave to break down the shame, stigma, and fear holding us back from living the lives we dream of. Here, myself, my guests and friends share unfiltered stories and diverse insights to help us get out of our own way build thriving relationships and step more fully into our authentic selves i believe that when we realize we have nothing to hide and truly hear each other out we clear up a huge amount of mental space and of course no one can do the work for us but we can be inspired to reclaim our lives When we step into this radical truth telling. So let's get started. Welcome to episode 14 of Living Brave. Recording this intro from Lavina, Bali. It's in the north of the island, and I'm just shocked at how underrated the north and the east of bali are we spent a few weeks in ubud which is really amazing um but definitely not off the beaten path or hidden gem (laughs) and um, yeah it feels really good to wake up you might hear some roosters in the background and there's maybe some construction going on which seems to be the norm in bali Um, But if you notice, there's a couple weeks of break from the podcast. I was really doubling down on retreats, planning India for March 7th to the 15th over Holi and Rishikesh. There's still a couple spots open if you're last minute like I am and getting ready to launch an upcoming retreat for November 2020 in Guatemala, one of my favorite places in the world on magical Lake Atiton and building out new online offerings. I'm starting to work with people one-on-one and create group programs that are aligned with the Living Brave mission. And they're all under the same umbrella. The retreats, the podcasts, and the program. The mission is to serve as a tool for our deeper connection with ourselves and others. it's about breaking down shame and fear culture within ourselves and standing up for that so that we can step into our authentic selves and find a sense of freedom in the ownership of our stories so we can relate from a place of wholeness and truly see each other and free ourselves from constructs of who we should and could and maybe would be so if this podcast or this episode in particular resonates with you I want to know more importantly I want other people to benefit from this work um, from these incredible interviews and talks that are invitations for all of us to join together and question what we've been told one of the best ways to support the podcast is leaving it a quick rating or review on apple podcasts I'm always checking in it serves as fuel for this project I also love hearing your favorite episodes and your insights, so please take a screenshot as you're listening. Tag me on Instagram, Shoshana underscore Raven. Send me a DM. Let's connect. I love you. Enjoy this wonderful episode. Rachel Roller is a wellness and connection coach who stepped into brave leadership and saw her life truly transform when she started speaking openly and vulnerably about chronic illness. She's passionate about brain health education and self-empowerment work, so she's really perfect for the podcast. Sitting down with Rachel, who's a good friend of mine, was easy, fun, flowy, and I'm sure you'll feel those vibes as you listen. We hit on topics like health and wellness, specifically speaking up for yourself and questioning the status quo when it comes to your health, issues with modern medicine, connection versus validation, mindfulness, dating fear and vulnerability, and some amazing practices that Rachel integrates into her routine. Some great storytelling, lots of laughs, and joy. Well, let's dive into it. I love that Rachel is so pumped to talk about the things that we don't usually talk about. So can you take us to like the root of the work that you're doing? Yes. So... About six years ago, I
1: ended up, I was living in Australia, I came home, I ended up in the ICU within three months of being back with a bleeding stomach ulcer that had hit a blood vessel. So there were a few things that happened at that point in time. Um, I was in the ICU for a little bit, I had blood transfusions, I had kind of the whole bit. And after that, I I had always kind of grown up being, I had pneumonia, strep throat, tendinitis, you name it. And I was told it was normal. I was just given antibiotics. I had like a nebulizer at home. It was normal for me to do asthma treatments that were at the hospital at home. And no one had ever really gotten to the root of anything. And so when this all started with this stomach ulcer, I ended up being in the hospital for a little bit. And then once I got out, it just became this like, no one knew what was wrong and why it happened. And so they knew something was wrong with my stomach, but what was wrong with my stomach? And so it was constantly a, a mix of testing and food allergies. And we started realizing I was literally allergic to all fruits and vegetables, except for maybe two. I'm not allergic to animals, but I was allergic to almost mm-hmm. every native plant and weed to Utah. And it's it just became this like very overwhelming, like, oh my, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through four years about three three or four years of just not knowing what was going on with me. I was having spinal taps, brain MRIs, they didn't know if I had lupus, MS, Lyme disease. Um, they were looking for everything because they had no answers. Um, so I ended up moving to Colorado because I was just exhausted. I like had a spinal tap like three days before I moved and was just like, I'm I can't do this anymore here. I need to just get a break and, start fresh somewhere. I'm still close to home. I'm from Utah, so I'm about an hour and a half away flight. Um, So I was here and within six months, my stepmom's doctor actually diagnosed her with mold toxicity. Mm. And I'm going to shout out Dr. Amanda Lucero on this because she seriously changed my entire life. Um, This information seriously cracked open everything. And I had a choice either to fall into it or to fight against it and actually stand up to it. And that's kind of really a it, it, long story short. That's what landed me into being a connection and wellness mm-hmm. coach, because I'm able to connect with people on this level of like, you're a human. We all have vulnerable moments, whether we want to admit it or not, you have them and either it's going to kick your ass or you're going to stand mm-hmm. up to it. And it will get you at some point if you keep, pushing it away.
0: Yeah. And what was that shift for you? Like growing up, you were really sick growing up Mm -hmm. and everyone kind of told you that was normal. Or maybe did you feel like you were being heard or like, is everyone else feeling like this? And then when you finally got some answers, like what was that like?
1: Well, it was kind of like looking back now, I'm 31 now. And I look back and the, the image I keep seeing is like when I was in my teens playing soccer because I would have asthma attacks on the field all the time there were all of these issues and I it all like I I felt heard and I felt taken care of but we didn't know the deeper root cause like actually how the body was functioning even like mold toxicity was a thing really and like how bad mold toxicity can be and what that really entails and I feel like I I really felt like looking back I look feel like I was taken care of but then sitting here it's like how do you know something you don't know mm. and i can't be upset about it and i i had a great childhood i was always ha- like i had a great everything was great and so i don't feel like i was like this sick kid all the time yeah. i was sick a lot like one, it was normal for me once a month to have strep pretty much every couple like every few months at least and mm. so it was just normal to me. I knew nothing else. I had my tonsils out at 15 months old. So it was like I had already had strep enough at that point. Wow. Yeah. So. Did
0: Were you able to talk about this?
1: Yes. Um, but it was more of a conversation of like, this just is what it is. Here's mm-hmm. what medicine you take to manage it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about like lifestyle changes. I had no idea that how much the food I was eating was actually influencing yeah. My, my I don't have asthma anymore. It's barely detectable wow. because just when I stopped eating wheat, I'm so allergic to it that, and it never came up on any blood tests, but my body was reacting to it really inflammatory mm-hmm. or it was inflaming like any with, it just was really bad. So that inflammation really inspired me to kind of take control of everything. Honestly, that's like, you can look at that. And I, I was kind of talking to you about this earlier was just, Food can is the root of it all. And I can, like, I can have a conversation with someone and be like, tell me how you eat and what your eating habits are and what your favorite foods are, and I can tell you exactly how you handle situations in life.
0: Yeah, Yeah, just like there's, like, psychology around food and our consumption, like, health psychology Mm -hmm. is such a huge field. I have a friend who's in the medical industry, and she's like, someone can have so many health issues, but even, like, you can go in one direction where you're like kind of every little thing you're like really focused on and like it becomes like almost a manifestation of anxiety and then on the other side like there's clear issues that are wrong but you just can't get yourself to like face them um and where do you find like that healthy medium of taking care of yourself and being like no I know my body and I I, you talked about finding a second opinion like going to Mm -hmm. a doctor and if you don't hear something that feels right to you like having that strength and that courage Mm -hmm. to go somewhere else to do the research to not be like okay mm, that's it Mm." it's absolutely like that is one of the
1: biggest things because you anyone who has a doctor they should be okay with you getting a second opinion or a third opinion if they're confident in how they're treating you because if they've been real with you and honest in this, and you can feel like you can have that relationship with them. You can go and have those conversations with other people and take it back to them. And if that's not a safe place for you to do that with your health, you're constantly going to feel like you're combating that. And I still deal with it all the time. Like I was just at a doctor's appointment this morning and my, my osteopath was like, God, these people suck. And I was like, what? She's like, I can't get anyone to take our Lyme referrals. She's like, I have, she's like, your Lyme disease is just, so I have Lyme disease and epstein Bar as well, so it's kind of like this threesome that hangs out together, mold, Lyme, and hey. epstein Bar. So I know, I wish it was a <laughs> lot more fun. It's like not that much fun. Like
0: I know, it's names. like, ooh.
1: Um, I know. So my Lyme disease, though, like, it just, um, God, see, there's brain fog at its finest too. I don't even remember what I was just saying.
0: What did I just say? <laughs> I'm like the sin-
1: sincerity. <laughs>
0: We were talking about how your doctor was saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Thank you. No, you're all good.
1: Um, This is my life. This is how it is. So with my Lyme stuff, she's like, I can't get anyone to take these referrals. So she's like, we need to put something else on there to get you in the door so that they'll talk to you. She's like, and I was like, no. I was like, actually, we don't. We're going to find someone who wants to hear us. I'm not going to get in there and see. And she was like, oh, you're right. She's like, I just want you to get help so badly I was trying to think of any way to get you to see someone now. Mm. And one of the biggest things I've learned with this is that the waiting period, being Mm. okay with the waiting period.
0: Oh, patience. Yeah.
1: And I don't even know if sometimes I have patience with it, to be honest. It's sometimes it's a mental state of being, it's not a waiting period. You're just being present and it's not thinking of it as like, like, it's the same, like, I'm going to have to pay rent on the first of the month and have that money. It's the same thing as, like, in a week if I'm going to get these test results back. Like, y- you have to take care of yourself in the now in order to be able to take that in the future.
0: Yeah, and, like, why worry about it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a really good thing to remember <laughs> because yeah. we, we like to have the certainty, and I think we trick ourselves into thinking that, We can somehow control what's going to happen, or knowing is so much better. But ultimately, like if you're diagnosed with something in a week, like you will be, regardless of if -hmm. you know a a week earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you like explain limes a little bit more? Because I know that's that's a hot topic. It's controversial. We really don't talk about it. There's a lot of differing views and opposing views. It's kind of like. I don't know if this is how it how it is, but with fluoride, like I was like literally if you talk to a dentist, they're like, let me lather you up in fluoride. It's the <laughs> like, best thing ever. Yeah. And you talk to someone else like I had a Lyft driver literally for a half hour on the way to the airport. <laughs> All we talked about was fluoride. And he was like, you need to like he was just hammering me on it. And I was like. Dude, I just went to the dentist like yesterday and I'm so confused.
1: <laughs> well, it's like a combo of like that person doesn't know that they might be inducing trauma in the person they're telling that to yeah. full on. And like why the fluoride? So I ask like with all of this stuff, so with lime specifically, all of this, I can handle this. I would prefer to handle it all naturally. Sometimes that's not the case. And so with fluoride, so... I recently just did a bunch of heavy metals testing and stuff. I've kind of had all sorts of tests done to see actually what my body is doing like on a very cellular level. Mm -hmm. And fluoride is one of the things that comes up on there. It's one of the things there's a one that's tested for on a few of the tests I did. And it was making me laugh kind of because it's depending on how toxic your body already is right now. You specifically. So if you don't have like, yes, fluoride is not good for you or, you know, there's good and bad things, but it depends on what's going on in your body. So mine specifically can't handle fluoride. I will get really sick. It doesn't make me feel good. And so I avoid it. But I'm not going to tell someone who's perfectly healthy that they have to avoid fluoride because it's not going to kill them. And I think there's this huge misnomer of people telling people not to do things in this drastic way when it's not life and death. It's got to be a personal choice and what like listening to your body. Yep. And yeah, I'm very, I get a little snappy about that no, one. No, <laughs> it's,
0: it's good. And so, yeah, but, it also goes to show how different we are mm-hmm. and, and saying like this works and this is the right way to live, to eat, to, yeah, to take care of yourself is silly. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with with looking also at a patient as an individual absolutely and looking at them as like this system where everything's interconnected and I think you were talking about one of the frustrations was that when you first met with the doctors and they couldn't figure out what was happening they didn't look at how everything was affecting you and they didn't look at you as like a person right as I well
1: was, I was being looked at as a part not as a whole mm. so it's like you'll see a specialist for you know your leg pain or something and it's like They're gonna look for something wrong with your leg.
0: Yeah.
1: If they don't go to the root. And so the crazy part is though, so with Lyme, it's really hard to diagnose. So the tests that are available for it are only like thirty to forty percent accurate anyways, Mm -hmm. from like in a on a good day.
0: But so is if you so we're talking about chronic Limes or just Lyme. This is Lyme. So I'll
1: just yeah, I'll just start with Lyme da- in general. Yeah. yeah. My dad said Lyme disease yeah.
0: seven or eight times. I, I think I'm the only one in my family who hasn't had it. It's wow. like crazy in the northeast, just with mm-hmm. ticks or carrying limes. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, yeah, it's cra- it's really crazy. It affects everyone. So I tell everyone that too. Like the, the thing is is we don't talk about it, but it's talked about. Mm. And it's so like It's talked about in these communities of people who understand because it's so challenging to get diagnosed with. And part of it is, is that if there's anyone who's curious with this, is that Lyme isn't just in your blood. And that's a huge misnomer. It hides in synovial fluid. It hides in biofilms. And if those are covered, they're not detectable. But so that's why if you have all of these symptoms and they're continuing, there's a good chance that you have Lyme. And it's I say, go ahead and like actually look at that, meet with a functional medicine doctor and see what's going on. I was, have, I've had, I think four Lyme blood tests and oh. just barely in May was when it came back positive, wow. but they, I have chronic late stage Lyme. So I've had it for a long time. Um, and there's a difference too. Like I, I don't have the experience of, they don't know when I got Lyme disease so I didn't I didn't get bitten by a tick I could have gotten it in that blood transfusion because it's not something that's tested for which I found out later on like there's a lot of things I found out about those blood transfusions that they saved my life but I wish I would have had a little more education so that moving forward I would have been prepared if something like this had happened yeah um and I'm not even saying that was it but just the possibility so Lyme it it has so many encompassing factors so like brain fog, confusion, fatigue, um, muscle aches and pains. And I have never, I've been sick pretty much my whole life with mold, which is also very similar to Lyme. The -hmm. symptoms are very, very similar. So I don't even know when I would have gotten Lyme disease, (laughs) which sounds really weird to say. Like I, I've, it just got worse. I got a lot worse in the last three years and Part of that was because I got antibiotic toxicity. I got what's called floxed from Cipro, which is a fluoroquinolone antibiotic that's given in the hospitals for kidney infections and UTI routinely. And in a completely healthy person, it can do what it did to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, like, I guess it's kind of hard to really simplify Lyme for me specifically. And I I am very careful with how I talk about it because I don't have the experience of being like having my normal health and then having it hit me, which I can only imagine how devastating like that feeling is. I do have the feeling of the antibiotic toxicity, which that was kind of they've told me the equivalent of if I would have been hit like I would have with Lyme. Mm. With all the, because it exacerbated the Lyme stuff times a thousand. It tore my Achilles. It deteriorated my shoulder joint. It just has caused all these issues. But the whole thing with all of it is if I didn't start talking about it, I never would have gotten better. Mm. I would never, like, I'm getting better. It's just slowly. And you have to just, like, not, it's one day at a time, one thing at a time.
0: Yeah. And I think that it just goes to show, like, one takeaway from this is like stick up for yourself be brave take your health into your own hands don't take anything for face value and then speaking of how much sharing has helped you through this you share a lot about what you're going through and I'm sure for people who are dealing with things like this which they don't know where to go and it's not quote-unquote normal whatever it is um Th- that's been extremely helpful. So can you yeah. tell us about like the response that you started to get when you did start sharing about this? Absolutely. Yeah. And your journey of being vulnerable about what's going on with like this. Hey, this is what's up with my body today. Yeah. So my mind and my heart. <laughs> yeah, and Everything else. All of it, <laughs> well,
1: it started being it was verbal. Like I started trying to like talk about it a few years ago, but then a lot of it changed about a year ago, a little over a year ago when I started talking about it on social media more. And started kind of connecting with people in the mold community and really kind of mobilizing around people who understood what I was going through because it, I had never really done that for myself before. Honestly, like this was a moment of being like, like I got always had support, but I like was like, Oh, we're all going through this together. Mm. Let's figure this out. And it's so different for all of us. It's really crazy how it all turned out. So I... I just started talking about it and I share everything from like literally like I can't shit today or I've shit too much today or mm-hmm. I'm like can barely stand up or some days and it doesn't make sense to people like some days I wake up and I feel great. Yeah. And I look at those days like, oh my God, I'm so thankful. Like I'm just, I'm not con- like, cause most days I'm worried about not worried. I'm in pain with my body somewhere and having to just like combat that before even like having a conversation with someone or even like looking in like getting out of bed in the morning sometimes like if people actually saw like to roll over two hands like roll both my feet on the ground some days I can't stand up first I have to sit down and then get up and it's like they're just a part of part of life but sharing those things has given so many other people a chance to start talking about it and get help. And I get, I still get emotional about it because honestly, this week has been really intense for me with it in a very good way. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me being like, because of you, this happened, or thank you for letting me be vulnerable. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been around someone who's been thanking me for that for the first time. So like, it's people thank me for that all the time but to be seen and to have that thank you at the same time on Mm -hmm. such a deeper level has been so beautiful. And I feel like I finally have understood like what I offer to people and it's kind of a, it's just, I just, I want to share just one part of it that's really important to me because one of my best friends from college, um, she has a really rare brain tumor and she's had to go through, she has Lyme too and she's been through this. So we always talk cause she's like, I've had two brain injuries as well in the middle of all of this. So um, we talk about it a lot. And she's like, do you ever feel like there's still something wrong? And she's like, that's kind of how I felt. So I was like searching for it more. She ended up finding this brain tumor. Well, this woman found me on Instagram through some of like the mold stuff. (laughs) She has the same brain tumor as my friend. And it's one of these like, it's a mucus like it moves around the pituitary gland, So it's really hard to, to diagnose and even to treat. And they actually connected and stayed with each other in LA. To have that support is so special when you're going through something that people just don't understand. There's so many times where people look at me cause some days I walk with a cane, some days I don't. And I used to feel like I need to have to explain it. And it's like, no, I have rotating pain mm-hmm. in my body every day. I've been in a two brain injuries. I was in a car accident that herniated my spine. I'm like, I don't need to keep explaining this to people. I just need to be.
0: Mm, yeah. Our need to, like, explain ourselves mm-hmm. when we're acting out of the norm. Like, no, 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 this is why. Or, like, you know, just be yourself. And if someone asks, like, be compassionate and explain. But we don't have to keep making excuses for why we are who we are. Mm. And really it came down to, it was like, am
1: I answering them with my truth or the answer that I think they want to hear?
0: Who am I answering
1: this question for? Because I don't feel the need to give an explanation. I know. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it's okay. Like they're curious and some people don't know how to ask about it sometimes. Like, like I get asked a lot, is that for fashion or do you actually need that? Mm -hmm. And I, I just laugh and I'm like, oh, I'm glad you think it looks good. You know, like I try to look at it that way because the person that's saying that to me isn't like you could think, oh, they think I'm faking it. Yeah. I've not thought that once. Yeah, It was literally I was joking about it the other day and I was like, oh, do you think someone thinks that when they're saying that to me? I was like, I didn't even like betting across my mind because I know that I need
0: it. Yeah, it's yeah. I think those fears <laughs> like when when someone says something to us and then you're like, well, you think this about me and it's like, I didn't say that. That means what you might yep. think that about uh, yourself, yep. you know. So I think that's a, a another good <laughs> reminder. It's like when you jump to what you think someone thinks about you, that's usually just a projection of what you think about yourself. Uh, I did want to go back to when you were talking about uh, your social media and sharing, mm-hmm. and yeah, all the sh- all the shit yes. that you share. It has there been one thing that you were like, "Oh fuck, I'm gonna post this," and like, mm. kind of like, "Should I?" Mm, yes, uh, and it, you shared something like that maybe felt like a leap for you.
1: Yes. I don't know if there's a specific one. Cause I'm going to be honest. I feel like that with almost everything I post. Yeah. Because, and I shouldn't say I, I've kind of started to do more of like mindfulness stuff within there, not mm-hmm. just my health stuff, but um, I posted about um, some breast biopsies I had to have done a few months ago. And that for me was a very like, that was an I'm out here moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I explained like I had been shot in college at a drive by in that same breast and I had a lump there now. And it was like my body and I even talking about it right now. You just watched my like my whole body goes back into this like absolutely petrified mode. So the fact that that's on like my social media is a practice for me. Mm-hmm. Because I look at that and I look at it now as like confidence and being brave and being like putting myself out there in order to help someone else be able to speak up. I'm not doing this to be like, look at me. I'm doing this to be like, look at me. You might be going through this too. And it's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how do you keep things like light? Because you're such a, like a, a happy and joyful and totally dynamic person who just lets it flow and I am wondering cuz this stuff can be so intense and like I I love being in intensity but what are the things that like keep it fun and keep it light and human so I really
1: just I did a lot of practice on mindfulness and I know it sounds it's not like I feel like the words getting used like thrown around a lot lately. Yeah. Same with like manifesting and meditation and all of this. And it's really just about like put your phone down. Mm. Put your freaking phone down. Like just be present. And I say put your phone down because whether you're on your phone or not, like are you actually looking at the person across from you? Like are you are you hearing them or are you just like kind of are you listening to what they're saying? Like you know they're talking. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it has been shifting into. Um. really just being present and being open with how I feel and I stopped surrounding myself with people that didn't want to hear me that doesn't mean they don't like me that doesn't mean I don't like them it just is right now I need to be heard in this way because I'm going through a lot and people some people just don't understand mm-hmm. and that's okay but and and there's been people that have left my life too and it's like their choice and it's it's never easy to make that choice but I don't blame anyone who's left. I thank everyone who's stayed and I get to choose those boundaries of like those people just like they do. So I'm not going to be mad if someone decides that what I'm going through is too much for them right now. They may have another situation that is personal to them that they, they don't even know is bringing it up for me, you know, for them, yeah. like triggering them in a way or something just, it's not about me. It's yeah. everyone's so individual with it. And I think the happiness and the continual, like, being upbeat and kind to people. It's like, just be kind. If someone, okay, here it is. (laughs) Their feelings are not my feelings. Their actions are not my actions. That's how I broke it. Because I seriously could not get through a day without having multiple panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Couldn't breathe. Was like blacking out from all of it. Siri decided to chime in on that. She's like, okay, here's what I found for anxiety attacks. literally what she said. Wow. Thanks, Siri. Um, (laughs) That was really funny. Um, But I was having them every single day. And it was like, I was told so many times that that was normal. And that's who I was going to be. Like, it was like, oh, you just, this is, anxiety is a part of it. Mm. This and that. And I was like, wait a second. I can change my mind.
0: Yeah, the ability to like, (laughs) Like, redefine yourself. And it's funny how much we feel like people are limiting us and like putting us in a box when really, we're the ones doing that to ourselves. I have always, not always, actually, once I really learned that the core of like all religion and all spiritual teachings is that you are this unchanging like self beneath beneath everything and then everything else like even your personality is always changing Mm -hmm. and attaching to that is like the root of all suffering and Mm -hmm. holy shit that (laughs) when i heard that for the first time i was like oh my god i've been putting myself in a box of like you're an extrovert therefore if you're an intro if you're being introverted whatever that means then like you're not being yourself you're not living up to your expectations you're not living up to other people's expectations and when you step away from that it's like no I can be all those things and I'm not funny and I'm not I'm not depressed and I'm not a person with anxiety like these are all things that come up and they are very real but like I can be a completely different person on the external the changing stuff and, and that's not anything to be worried about. And although my communities that I'm a part of might be like, ooh, you're different or you've changed, like you know at the core who you really are. And it's kind of fun to be changing all the time.
1: Well, and do you think a lot of it too is like we're taught growing up and so many people say like, how are you today? Like they expect to hear one word, like it's a good day or a bad day. Yeah. And it's not like it's – if you start looking at your day as – like uh, oscillating emotions and you're going to have good and bad moments it changes the entire definition of there are no more good and bad days Yeah,
0: how are you today it's like do you have a half hour yeah you're like about what's been going on so it's like
1: but that I think stems from like people are like they're expecting to say good Mm -hmm. like my day was good how's yours Mm. they lose the chance to expand like everyone's just shortened that anyways and I think people want to be able to say I'm having a really rough day today. I actually ch- I checked into an Airbnb <laughs> in Venice beach a few months ago. And this, this man was walking out of one of the doors and he's like, I was like, how are you today? And he's all, Oh man, it is honestly a really bad day. I was like, <laughs> oh. I was like, well, thanks yeah. for sharing that with me. I, that's all I said. I was like, thanks for sharing that with me. And the person inside his house goes, what are you talking about? They don't want to hear that. Oh. And I was like, 'Cause I just shook my head. I was like, wait, I was oh I wanted to know how that if I'm asking someone how they are, I don't want a sugar coated answer. You don't have to get into it with me, but know it's a safe place that yeah. if you like I'm not asking you to hear myself ask the question.
0: Yeah. And it's like don't ask unless you actually wanna know. Yeah. But I think it's a good practice, like I always in the beginning of a yoga class, I'll be like, Okay, we're dropping into our breath. All teachers do that, or hopefully we breathe yeah. for a little bit. I don't know, <laughs> some places And I'm always like, all right, let's like just check in with yourself like like you would check in with a friend. Like, how are you doing? And all like your how's your breath? How's your mind? Where's your mind at? How's your body? And usually when I'm saying that, I haven't done that for myself. That day, and I'm like, holy shit! Wait, how is my body? How am I? Like right before we met, I just like launched the podcast. Mm-hmm. So this is
1: congratulations! Gonna be, like, I'm you. so excited.
0: So, it, today was the day. Yeah, and we're I'm having like, a
1: day about it. We're celebrating ah! here.
0: <laughs> I'm just like glued to a computer <laughs> yeah. screen like all day or, or a screen, and holy shit! I was just like, I need to step away from a screen for a half hour. I was with my partner Miles. I'm like, I just want to like be with you for ten minutes and like eat and not look at anything although Mm -hmm. it's so exciting and lovely but like it's funny how this could be this like oh my god amazing day and like for him he just like landed these clients and we're like it's funny that this is like both what we've wanted for months Mm -hmm. and yet we're like so fucking scattered right now and like because we haven't been present with like reality yeah I'm like I don't even know how to operate right now in the real world oh my god I haven't checked in with myself yeah So it doesn't matter like if you're in a great place or like great things are happening. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't only check in with yourself when you need to slow down and like you're going through a hard time like absolutely be with yourself or like let's see like what can we do now you're stressed at work. It's like you can be like energetic and excited and all these things going on and that's more even of a reason to just be like whoo how you doing girl. Yeah
1: self-awareness and really like accepting that you can feel multiple things at once which is kind of what you were just talking Mm -hmm. about like being able to be like really excited today but also be like oh I feel a little like whoo I don't feel quite present with this but yet you are because you're launching this amazing thing today which is like you you are you have moments of being present with it but sometimes it's like when you have something so huge you feel like you have to just be excited when the day comes. And I think we do forget to check in and be like, how am I feeling right now? Like all the feelings, not just excited. Like, Are you nervous a little bit? Like, are you like, do you feel exposed a little bit? Like there's moments like oh, it's yeah. vulnerable so as hell exposed. to do what you're doing. <laughs> and it's so amazing. And it's like, it's like, you're kind of just like fully standing there in yourself. Yeah. And it's really beautiful to see. And whether you feel present or not, that's what you're doing. And it shows. Like, it's it shows. Yeah. It's and seen. and
0: the point of the podcast is, like, I'm not amazing. What I'm really doing is not amazing. It's just different. And it's another way. But, like, I think that it shouldn't be, like, amazing to say, like, yeah, I have this, like, highly stigmatized STI. I've gone through this. I've gone through that. Because when it comes down to it, like, we all have a story and we all have all the feelings all the time and it's so much more joyful to walk through life knowing that and like if if one other person knows that they're not alone in that that that's the purpose of course that's a purpose absolutely and that's
1: I mean that's exactly why I share as well and that's when I started sharing things that's kind of it took off so fast and I always say to everyone I'm like I'm not on Instagram to influence anyone. I just want to inspire someone to take their self back, like just mm-hmm. be who you are. And and be cool with like it's a this my my page is a safe place for you to just be yourself. Yeah. And but no bullying and no bullshit cuz we don't do that around here. Right?
0: We're, and it's like, great that you, you say that. You can ask questions, but we're not going to attack <laughs> anyone, okay? <laughs> Because, like, a lot of people who start off being like, I want to be an influencer, maybe it'll work out. But most of those people, I have this weird feeling that I'm like, I feel like this vision board Newsfeed Paris, Mm -hmm. an amazing person I interviewed, was like, yeah, I mean, Instagram's kind of like a vision board. And if you want it to be a vision board, then that's cool. But, like, I'm trying to share dynamically. And I think when you aren't sharing like how you're talking about like oh everything goes and I didn't start off to be an influencer I'm just sharing authentically that's how you can build a business on there if that's part mm-hmm. of your business and make it something that doesn't make you miserable mm-hmm. makes you something proud of mm-hmm. to be proud of Absolutely. um yeah that's and honestly incredible. without
1: Instagram I feel like I wouldn't have ended up coaching yeah because it was the conversations I was having with people on there that I was realizing what was happening and what I was doing. And it actually was like all of my years of events and marketing and sales that I did. Like all of the skills I learned from that translated into what I was doing. And I've always been able to connect with people. And I think that just being heard when you're going through anything is huge. Even if you're having a great day, like having the space to go to someone and be like, I'm so excited I launched my podcast today. Because there's certain people you might say that to, and they'll be like, oh, like they take it, you know, There's yeah. it, it's received differently. And so, yeah, being able to receive what you're giving is also a whole other topic Ooh. we can do on that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, now that we're talking about uh, being vulnerable, breaking yes. down stigma, we've been talking about that the whole time. What other, is there anything else that we want to... Break down any other topics that were like, this is a taboo. We don't talk about this. It's fucked up.
1: Hmm. Um. Yeah. Let's talk about some, let's talk about endometriosis for a second. Okay. I think we need to tap into this for a second. <laughs> we're going to still talk health, but I think this is another one that's overlooked Yeah. for so many people and gets diagnosed incorrectly over and over and over. And. If anyone is listening to this and struggling with anything with endometriosis, Dr. Jolene Brighton is an absolute heaven sent angel with respect to your body, whether you've been on birth control or not and how you're going through that. But the amount of... So if you don't, endometriosis is where your uterine lining grows outside of the uterus. And so it causes a lot of pain. There's tissue. It's just ex- extremely painful periods. Um, I have a lot of friends and family and people who have had it. So I've constantly been checked for it. I've had... IUDs that have gotten perforated in my uterus. I've had other things that have happened really just overall. Endometriosis is so overlooked into the point like cramping. The things that everyone tells you are normal with your period, they're not normal. That's Mm. the bottom line. They're not normal. They're symptoms that you can have sometimes, but they're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be curled up for three days on your couch having all these pains and so I was going through a lot of this with I haven't been officially diagnosed with it but my it's in my family so there's a good chance that it takes about I think seven years to get diagnosed with endometriosis and I'm about three years into it and I've seen about four or five people have another appointment Monday for it and regardless like the pelvic pain the horrible periods the painful periods no periods sometimes like it switches up And I think that being able to say and ask the questions, like I didn't get taken seriously with it till I went and asked a doctor, is it possible that I have endometriosis? Mm -hmm. Because they're not going to necessarily bring all these things up if they don't think you have it. But if you are conscious enough to say like, these things aren't normal, usually the root cause of it tends to be the endo situation is going on. And I think it's something that I've started talking about it more with friends and it's it's been coming up a lot and it's hard to get treated for. Mm. It's not just like pelvic pain. It's not. And there's so many things that you can do holistically in conjunction, like integratively to help ease all of it. Mm. And I know I'm on the soapbox with that right now, but it's just one of, it's so, it's just amazing to me how many, I could talk about a lot of, there's so many different taboo things and that I feel like I could talk about within the health industry and just in general because I'm not ashamed to talk about yeah. who I am what I've been through what I've done like shit's happened I've done shit I've done great stuff like things have happened though and all you can do in life is look at that find out figure out why you did that like mm-hmm. really look at yourself and and be like damn like sometimes you have to be like oh I did that yeah. and you, be okay with it do you want to
0: share any of those um things that make you feel like hmm that was that was a different version of me that yeah that was an interesting cool. decision <laughs> yeah and not even but this. I love you
1: yeah um I honestly probably the one that gets me the most and it's it's more it's not even guilt but it gets me pretty good is when I lived with my ex um a few years ago I didn't know I had Lyme yet but I was having like it was right when I moved to Denver, I was having all of these issues and I was self-medicating with alcohol for a long time. Alcohol. I'm allergic to all grains, all things. So really what it came down to is I didn't realize it, but I was having way more moments of like toxicity than I thought. Like, I've always been very like my nickname was mom in college because I could drink with people and I would be just fine. Like nothing. I hadn't even had a drink because I was a control freak. I felt like I had to control everything. So I was living with my ex. I had gone out. We had like, I think we, we were fighting all the time. So it was, I had gone out for a little bit. I came home. I don't remember any of this, but apparently I slapped him across the face. And this has been a huge lesson for me of, okay, drinking number one. The fact that when I was drinking that physical something came out of me, yeah. there was something deeper going on. Yeah. And I don't look at like, like it, there was a long time that I went through it and I was so guilty. And I still have moments like the guilt is still like in the lower depths, but everything else has come out on top of it. Like I found out Lyme can cause Lyme rage. I had just diagnosed right after So it's like Lyme, I was being exposed to mold again yeah. so that I don't have a gene that of the population doesn't have the gene to identify that molds a neurotoxin. So you, your body doesn't know what to do with it. So when I'm exposed, it's really intense and it gets headaches. I get loopy. I just don't feel normal. I didn't know any of this then. So I hadn't been diagnosed yet when this had happened. And so with the mold even yet. So that moment for me was really huge because that is the moment I always go back to when I'm doing my inner work right now as an adult. No matter what's happened, I go back and I'm like, okay, I was in so much pain that I physically hurt someone else. How did I get to that point? Mm. And like, I can't think of other times in my life where I've reacted like it was just that like, and, and the thing is, is there's questioning, then I go, did I really do that? Like, then Mm. I, then I'm questioning like his integrity. And it's like, what am I doing? And it became this like very guilt intertwined with trauma intertwined with reparenting and unlearning and learning. And it really made me look at myself and ask, who are you? And I think like, it's still hard for me to talk about really hard because it's something that I know is hard for both of us still. And it's something we see each other regularly. Like it's something that we cross paths and it's like, I just saw him recently and was like, I want you to know that I had Lyme when we were dating and I didn't know. And I don't think it's any excuse, but if you ever want to talk about things that happened with us, I can mm-hmm. probably, I can give you a root now as to why I acted that way. It's not okay, but I can give you the reason as to why. And, you know, we've had those conversations and at the same time I can look at him and be like, that's who you are and there's certain reasons you reacted to me in certain ways like Mm -hmm. fighting isn't just a one-way street so I don't look at it like I was sick we were fighting it was there was a duality there and I think it taught me to be soft on myself taught me that you can change your mind you can change how you handle things an action doesn't define you Mm. you can let it and if you start thinking that then you're gonna continue doing that like it's kind of like you are what you think
0: Mm, You are what you think. Yeah. Yeah. After all this, talking about inner work and also being a connection coach, Mm -hmm. which it seems like, you know, it's the inner connection as well. Mm -hmm. And then your connection with with all the facets of your life. What are some things that you do now that you've found like really help with connection? Let's just say. Yeah. So
1: you have to be searching for connection and not validation. So when you're going into a conversation, Mm. if you're looking to just be validated with what you're saying, then you're constantly going to be disappointed and you're not going to feel like you are connected with these people or anyone, even yourself, like you disconnect with yourself at that point. And there was a point when I was, I would talk about my health stuff and I didn't realize that I was, I was talking about it in hopes that someone would hear me that also was going through it. I didn't quite realize that's what I was doing when I shifted to talk about it because it was what I was going through. People showed up out of like literally everywhere. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is like standing in my truth is bringing people around me to support me.
0: Amen. Don't talk to be heard necessarily or to get validated but talk to connect mm-hmm. act to connect yeah. reach out to connect oh my so, god like, yeah so that's been that's yes. kind of so I know I'm <laughs> like letting you guys in on my secret
1: here because i've been working on i'm actually i've been working on a book on this for a while because it's something yeah. that's really it's it changed my entire life really mm-hmm. um connection versus validation and any person that i say that to their reaction's the exact same and they're like oh And you can go back when you search for that and see, like, you can break your dating habits. You can break all these patterns and things that you do when you're like, oh my God, I wasn't even trying to connect with myself. And like, to get it even deeper, like on the dating thing, like I went through this thing recently that I was like, wow, I've been dating people that have qualities that I see within myself, but it's like, I was... I wasn't validating, but it was like, instead of going and doing it myself, it was Mm. like a compliment, like they were, I was finding this within a partner. I think a lot of people do that when you make friends and things. It's, it's,
0: Hmm.
1: yeah, it's, it becomes this like, like, are you truly standing in your truth, what you want to do? Or are the connections you making, like, are they for actual connections? Like, do you see them for what they are? Or are you trying to connect with them in order to either validate your own self or the other side of people that go to use someone to get somewhere else? Those are the two sides of it, validation and then I don't know how else to really put it besides using someone to get somewhere else. Feeling like
0: you don't have it and you want that. Yeah. It's kind of like this transactional thing.
1: So like I had this moment of like, oh, I used to shoot photos like 12 years ago when I got really bad with mold toxicity I was forgetting everything so I like didn't remember how the camera worked so I stopped doing it But for the last like five years I've been dating photographers and people like that and I was like holy shit you're literally just like you don't think you can do that anymore but you're like oh this is cool this person's doing that and it was like I wasn't finding that worth within myself anymore I had given up on it and was finding it within someone else and still being happy like I'm not I wasn't like I didn't realize I was missing it and I had this like epiphany I had a friend ask me to shoot a wedding with her recently and I was like whoa hold on I was like let's <laughs> back this up I was like oh my god I was like as and it is really like it's pers- it's different for everyone mm. like those those projections will be different for you for everyone it could be something from your childhood it could be something but like they come out in your relationships yeah. until you really break it down and I just had to start searching for like even within yourself when you're having like self-talk like what are you telling yourself are you connecting with yourself and like actually feeling and hearing yourself or are you telling yourself what you think like someone told you one time that that dress looked bad on you and now every time you look in the mirror that's your first thought and then you're like oh yeah. Or are you I look good. And then, oh, wait, but that one person said that.
0: Yeah. Or do you need to ask someone? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I, it brings me back to like middle school, high school. And you'd be like, whose house are we getting ready at yep. getting ready. And you'd try on like 20 outfits and you're like, what about this? What about this? Like, how does this look? You can't just look at yourself and be like, yeah, this looks good. And so that's what's been pounding it, it pounded mm-hmm. into you forever. Yeah, it's, it's, such, it's so it's so it's yeah, it so just goes so
1: deep because I've had to unravel so much and learn so much to figure this stuff out. Because I, I went from panic attacks, anxiety attacks every day and literally not think I, I didn't know I could get better from that. I didn't know how to. Mm. And it was seriously just sitting with myself and being like, is this for me? who am I doing? What am I doing this for? I was getting burnt out all the time because I was over committing. So when you like, I tell anyone, I'm like, if you think you have too much on your plate and someone asks you to do something, are you doing it for you? Or are you doing it for them? And if anyone asks me like, no, but they're this person I have to, I'm like, no, if it's your, if you're at your limit, you, you saying no opens up more to them. It gives them a chance to find someone else to help. It gives them a chance and you can say to them, I can't, but if you can't find someone else, please feel free to reach back to me. If that's really what makes you feel better with the situation, but you have every right to define that boundary and say no, because it's like when someone offers you help, if you don't accept that help, you're also denying the person the opportunity to help Mm -hmm. you. It's not just about them giving to you. It's about you receiving and allowing that reception for them. Because most people aren't trying to help for themselves. They're helping because they genuinely want to. Yeah. It's the
0: best feeling. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's the best feeling. It's so good. It's just so good.
0: (laughs) Like when you want to give and you ask and someone says yes, like you get the best present from them and you're just like, oh my God, it's better than getting one. Oh, it's so So good. let someone do that. Yeah. Practicing, receiving. Mm. Yeah. And just, I think
1: between really practicing, receiving and practicing giving like the sharing that's a huge part of it and then connection and validation like those are really the roots of it and how I think about it in the mornings I do a routine um when I first wake up I do like what I call a brain dump and I just like let it rip whatever's on my head even if it's like a a journal or or something yeah sometimes I even just have like a piece of paper next to my bed and just like oh, awesome. do whatever. It depends. I don't, yeah. def- I don't like to put it in. Like I have to be in this journal because I wasn't doing anything for a long time because I was like, Oh, I don't have this journal with me this. And I'm like, no, just get it out. Ooh. Just get it out. It's cool. If you lose the piece of paper, like, don't worry. Like the whole point is to just get it out, not to keep it. Yes. And it's like, so I do the brain dump and then I do, um, three, I do three gratitudes. And then after that, I do three people who I know will positively influence me today. Whether that's like, even if I'm not leaving my house, like the music I choose to listen to, the the quiet I choose and who I think about in that quiet, like those people can be that people. You don't even, if you can't think of the three at first, just let that go. And don't limit yourself to three if you can't think of it. If it's one, if it's 10, that's okay. But three seems to be a digestible for most. And so after that, I do um, a meditation and whether it's 30 seconds or however long, doesn't matter. Just tapping into that space for a moment of being like, and it's not even, you don't even have to think of it as meditating. Literally just sit in your space and name 15 things around you. That will ground you right back to where you are. And that a lot of people are like, "I, I used to not be able to meditate or sit. I couldn't do it to save my life. And now it's like, second nature to me. And a lot of it was recognizing Mm. that portion of it, the grounding techniques. And I had some, I had some really bad PTSD that brought me to those (laughs) techniques, but they were the same thing. I was like, Oh, these, this PTSD work is the same thing as actually being present yeah, because it's bringing me back. And, um, so at night I switch it. So at night I do the same thing. I'll do, um, three people that I positively influenced that day. So I do the same thing, but that's the one that I switch. Oh, I love that. Because, so yeah, and when you go, if sometimes in the morning, if so you can switch those too, if, like, it feels better that, like, you know you're going to go have a killer day and, like, just go yeah. go do that. Or if you're having a really hard day and you're, like, trying to find the the, the silver lining in it. Like, some days I have a lot of doctor's appointments and I'm just like, and I'm like, no, okay, who's at the doctor's office that I'm going to want to see? Like, who's going to mm. make the appointment good? Not, like, worrying about what could happen or the stress or that shot's gonna hurt or I don't want to get my blood drawn again or whatever it might be um yeah it's just it's all so everything is so interconnected and it's just it starts with yourself and it starts with being vulnerable and a lot of people I think think being vulnerable means you have to be it with other people yeah You, you don't
0: Yeah, it's not for everyone. I'm like, sharing isn't for everyone. It's not everyone's path. And if it doesn't feel authentic, then please don't do it. It's about really being authentic. And if authenticity means being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. like you said, in your inner world, like sitting there and having that time, how am I? You have to be vulnerable with yourself. And I think a lot of people are scared to do that. I was for a long time to be
1: like, oh, this is like who I am. This is what I'm Mm -hmm. dealing with. Okay. Yeah. And like, oh, I see you. Like actually like seeing yourself and being like, it's okay to be going through these things. Yeah. And I think we silently suffer so much for things that we don't need to. And a lot of the suffering is created from either lack of feeling like you can express yourself or expressing yourself. And at one point in your life, someone told you not to.
0: Amen. And sticking up to that, I believe is part of bravery. I always love to ask a friend on the podcast what their definition is of, living a brave life like what does that look like for you because we all do walk these very different paths and they're all equally valid and beautiful
1: Mm -hmm. um so yeah living brave for me just means standing in your truth and being like truly being vulnerable with yourself and really standing there and like like to be able to stand naked and look yourself in the mirror up and down and be like this is me I think there's like 75% of the population can't actually do that. There's some shame in there with things. And I think just living a brave life is, and it's not, you can't do it. It's they don't do it and they're scared to do it and they're fearful of it. And this fear is guiding people rather than, you know, I had to stop living a fear based life and the opposite of fear for me is vulnerability mm. and that vulnerability will open the door to more fear that fear doesn't go away and that's the misnomer is like fear is a part of life and fear should be a driving force not not a deterrent and Mm -hmm. the way I changed my mind with that is truly like to be brave you have to be able to discern between nervousness and excitement are the same feeling with different like different names attached to it and you have to really be like oh am I nervous or am I nervous and excited am I just excited and you're usually not one without the other in that mm-hmm. situation. It's whichever one you're focusing on more comes to the forefront. And I think just everyone can be brave. Yeah. And the definition of bravery is so different for each person. Like being brave to you might just be simply like getting up in the morning and having a cup of coffee. And that's the day. Yeah. I love it's not that. even simply. I don't even like I said simply because I it's sometimes that's that's it yeah. and then there's other days where you might take over the world and do everything you want but that cup of coffee is also helping you get to that point in your mm-hmm. life and remembering that slow down is just as important as speeding up
0: and brave to say mm-hmm. yeah this is my truth and I'm living it I love that you said fear as a driver mm-hmm. um, I think it was big magic the book that I was reading and she was talking about like invite fear to the party like you're driving the car fear is in the back seat you're gonna invite fear it's gonna try to like you know guide you where you're going you got the map you know where you're going be like excuse me can you quiet down in the back like I invited you I see you (laughs) like you ready for this (laughs) the day
1: you asked me to be on this podcast I ran into a group of women at the co-working space I'm a part of and They were reading this book and I had never heard of it before. And so, this is like,
0: you got to read it. And they
1: were talking about exactly what you just said. (laughs) The one, like, minute I walked in the room and walked out, I'm like, all right, I guess I got to go pick this up now. (laughs) This is coming up twice. Uh, Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's amazing, though. And you're so, like, she's so right. Yeah. I I, I need to go get that book. Yes. When we're done here, that's when we go.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, I feel like I could talk to you forever. Yes. But we will wrap it up how can we connect with you so you can find me on instagram um my
1: last name's roller so forever i've i wanted to be share my whole life let's just be real from clueless <laughs> that's like really where Maya was at. i wanted the white jeep everything my instagram is rolling with the homies <laughs> um and then you can also email me as well um it's chel so chel dot roller at gmail.com um there's a lot of fun projects that are coming up so mm. please um, Instagram is the best way. If you don't have Instagram, please feel free to email me and I will happily like loop you into everything. I have a separate list, but collectively right now with i ha- my flares and not feeling well it's a little better for me if you can all gravitate towards Instagram for right now Mm -hmm. and I'll be directing you elsewhere soon
0: (laughs) amazing well thank you all so much for listening to this episode it's so special to be able to share this space so thank you so much and thanks to
1: everyone listening because you guys are brave as can be it takes a lot to sit through this too it's a Mm -hmm. lot of info so we love you thank you (laughs)